All right. Are we um, ready to do this? I am uh, maybe not as prepared as I should be, but I'm ready. Yeah, I think the song lives deep inside all of us. Yeah. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule. That is, until now, this very moment. I'm Mark, and I'm here with <laughs> Seth. How are you, Seth? I'm doing fantastic. We are just cramming, cramming them in this. Cramming, cramming in. Cramming. It's a new, is a new scented candle, 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 cramming. It's hard to say when some of these uh, will episodes will be released because Seth and I are trying to make. Uh, short shrift out of some of these to try and jam a couple in um how are you doing i'm doing very very good how are you i'm doing well i'm i am i am definitely taking the time to enjoy the week and i'm doing that i have a feeling that you are doing that as well trying to yep i mean it's gonna start getting busier here but i know that uh you know it's already busy mark it's already busy um, but it's fun. I'm I'm having a lot of fun. I am too, and yeah. getting to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm so happy to have been hanging out with to- Tim, Tom, and Joey. It is almost like a crossover episode of a TV show or something, <laughs> it is. where I'm getting to see people that I don't get to normally see in my everyday life. Um, and it's it's wonderful. It's been it's been very very good and give me all good, all the good feelings. And the band practices have started just come in one after the other and I'm excited and um, and I'm excited to do and, and in all of this Seth is what I want to say in all of this all of this um, goings on of getting to hear strip club moms practice in my fucking living room no. which I equated to sounding like putting on for me personally and I don't speak for anybody else and I don't think many people probably share this sentiment it's close to having pavement practice in my fucking living room. Cry or something. Getting to hear these songs and getting to hear you sing your backing vocals with Doug again. Um, it it warmed not just the cockles, but the subcockle region of my heart. Maybe in the liver. Maybe in the, maybe even in the kidney. Maybe in the colon. Maybe I don't even know. in the heart. I don't know. Um, but Had a lot of fun doing that. Yes. Good. You sounded great. I'm so, so excited. I am too. Um, but we're not here to talk about table nine or strip club moms or let's go exploring Anchor a Ram or Anchor Jayuna, Jayuna or, or the Appletons or anybody else or all the people that are coming even I have found out that friends of mine are coming from out of town there you go that I didn't know are now going to be here I, there I, you are. And, and they got tickets it's shocking people that I didn't know it was awesome the secondary market for this show is <laughs> coming alive yeah uh, we are here to talk yeah. about a classic song by a band called the zombies called time of the season this is a wow huh this is a wow for this is a real big wow for me because it uh it's a song that i have quite literally heard a million times and always paid attention to one lyric in the song maybe not just the, and when i say that you know taking out of context the, the chorus um but the what's your name who's your daddy i'm sure people have heard that a million times but then not a paying attention to not one of the other lyrics and just letting it all just fly right by and the little psychedelic ride that you go on and the keyboards and the bass and everything else. Um, but 
when I paid attention to the rest of it, Mark, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think at some point or sooner or later in this episode, one of us is going to ha- say this has kind of Mungo Jerry vibes to it. Yeah. Um, There's... It's definitely an interesting one. It's got I, a, a matching line. I kind of was. I I kind of went into it knowing that line, and I can't. I, someone may have suggested this song, and you know, unfortunately, we do get a lot of people that suggest songs. Thank you a million times over. Please more. Thank you. Thank you. Please, sir. May we, please, may we sir, have, may another. have another. Um, but you know, it's also uh, sometimes very very hard. To keep in line who suggested what. So, I, you know, I hope that that's okay with you. Um, you know, I know we're number 154 in Denmark under the podcast um, for music commentary. We are? So, big shout out to Denmark. Yes, we Holy went down shit. one spot. Um, we, uh, we, I know a Danish word. We were uh, nine, number 94 uh, before that uh, in music under music commentary. So, big thanks. Heig. What is that like the Hague? No, Haig. That's that a mean? that's a Danish word. It's uh, almost untranslatable. It essentially kind of would mean cozy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this song is unhaig. <laughs> <laughs> the song gives me the unhaig vibe. This is un. Yeah. This is uh, especially now after Mark pointed it out to me and he said to me, "We're going to do the zombies." What's the name of that song, Mark? We're going to do time of the season. I said I've heard it a million times. I should know it, and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wow, I know the words to other songs that are much less known, less less well known, much more by the zombies. It's really strange, and this is by far their biggest. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I was uh, I was pretty into this song. I love organ. Um, Tim is visiting organ player. So you're saying uh, you love Tim's organ? I do love Tim's organ. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. Um, and I mean that in a plethora of ways. The way he fiddles about with it. And Rod Argent, keyboard player and singer, also who would later go on to front the band Argent. You're kidding. Who had a hit uh, with the song "Hold Your Head Up"? Yes, which I remember hearing quite a bit on classic rock. Also, loads of organ there. Um, so the Zombies uh, got together in 1961 in St. Albans um, and did, you know, a couple of songs like She's Not There, which was another huge hit of Great theirs. song. I don't know if that would be considered bigger uh, than this or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell Her No was another one of their singles. Yeah. Considered one of the 500 greatest albums of all time, uh, Odyssey and Oracle uh, ranked number 100 uh, Odyssey with a misspelling for a long time. Mm-hmm. They tried to pay it off like it was intentional. Uh, and then finally, uh, Rod Argent was like, no, never mind. We just didn't know how to spell Odyssey, which is a little awkward and a little uncomfortable. Uh, the band ended up breaking up seven years later yeah. in 1968 after the song became a hit. The song was released twice as a single. Isn't that wild? The first time it did nothing. Second time finally broke through. Though it never broke in in uh, England, which is strange. And Rod Argent actually was quoted as saying that it became a classic in, in England, but never a hit. So it kind of has this weird life about it. It's it, it's unusual in that it's kind of a little bit pre-psychedelic, but still kind of psychedelic. It's, it's before um, Procol Harum. 
you know, mm-hmm. who are very psychedelic. Another psychedelic organ heavy. This exactly. is a very good time for organ players. It was. It really was. Stevie Winwood, of course, Mark and I have gushed repeatedly about how much we love and him. And with good reason. Absolutely. But um, it, it was kind of a little, just a tad bit before that. And... Uh, and interesting, and it's amazing how it was recorded so early, but didn't wind up becoming a real, really catch on until '67. And it's become, it's it's become a a golden oldie staple, so to speak. It's if you if there's an oldie station out there and you turn it on, you're going to hear this song. Almost not released as a single. Al Cooper of Columbia Records, their A and R guy, pushed very hard to have it released. A couple of other songs from Odyssey and Oracle were released as singles before it. Great fucking songs yes dude the zombies are great they're very very they good very they do a very very good it's that like um garage psychedelia kind it, of this will be our year as as big and as great as that and she's not there which is the two ones that they know but then right after that this will be our year is a fucking fantastic song great bass playing uh, great just, everything great everything yeah it's, really it's, really good it's very, very, very good, and really great lyrics on "This Will Be Our Year." I mean, it's just they're moving, they're they're beautiful. Um, it's it's a it's a gorgeous love song. A little bit, got to step back for a second. Al Cooper, Mark, do you know anything about him? I know a bit. Yeah. I know that he's quite the he's he's responsible for a lot of um, pushing of bands that ended up becoming very yes. very big. Yes, started a band only lasted about a year with a guy named Mike Bloomfield who is. Fucking awesome, Good, great guitar player. Played with Dylan on his uh, on on a couple of his records. Um, and the reason they have that association is because Al Cooper, very famously, I think more than any other story, is the guy who plays that opening clack, the the organ at the beginning of Once Upon a Time. It went so went so fine mm-hmm. through the bumps of dime into like a Rolling Stone. He yes. could not. He was not really an organ player. I remember hearing about this. Yeah, he's not really it. an organ player, and he played keyboards and guitars and other things, but he came into the studio, and uh, he didn't know where to come in on the song. So when he heard that initial dr- snare snap, you know, he just kind of, it, it came in just a <laughs> half a second late, makes the opening of the song. They wanted to get rid of it. Bob Dylan came in and said, no, sounds don't you, awesome. Don't leave you it dare in. leave it at <laughs> He said, "That sounds killing me." Exactly like that. Uncanny impersonation by Mark. Thank you. And <laughs> and it became part of you know now you know that song because of it. And that was Al Cooper not really being an organ player. Set the wheels in motion for him to do blood, sweat, and tears. Really great. Um, and has been involved in so many other things. Mark, tell and me. Hold on, real quick. Let me let this just be. If you are a musician. Okay, because we talk a lot to just the general folk who love listening to music. But if you are a musician recording stuff, never be afraid to keep in the fuck ups. Yes, please let there be some mistakes. Let you know, you know, do you want to have something terrible in there? Maybe not. But those little things, don't forget that they you may recognize them because you wrote the song and you know how it's supposed to go. But to the untrained ear and someone who doesn't know any better, let it ride, it's man. It's just, it's just, just you're it's, human. Yeah, it's and, just part of it. Yeah, and people want to hear that the humanness in these songs. The so. laugh at the beginning of Roxanne. People remember that yes, shit. Yes, absolutely. They remember. And they love it. Yeah, and they love it. Um. So the, the, this. 
The song became a big hit, unfortunately, right after the band broke up. <laughs> um, so they basically uh, put together uh, I, what I remember being described as an ersatz version of this group. Um, but Colin Blunfeld, is that his last name, mm-hmm. I believe, um, yeah. didn't want any part of it. Right. So their manager said that he died <laughs> and that the <laughs> band was going to soldier on without him because the song was such a big hit that, of course, the, the people down at Columbia were licking their chops going, we need to we need to ride the success out. So they put everyone else back in the band together without him. Of course, he did most of the singing so it was a little awkward and a little weird it did not last very long Mm. but they toured for a little bit before as i mentioned earlier rod argent went ahead and and started but the second iteration recorded at fucking uh abbey road Mm -hmm. and shit like that i mean they were they were definitely around people paid attention to him argent went on I, i think you had mentioned did you mention that he did the hold your head up Yes. Yeah, you did. He also wrote a song that many, many years later became popular in Christian rock circles with a group called Petra called God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Oh, um, wow. Who eventually was was recorded by Kiss. And used in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. (laughs) That is correct. At the end of that song. It's the first time I had ever heard it. Yeah, that's we can thank Rod for that. But I mean, he's uh, man. He's Rod Argent is an incredible fucking dude. He's the shit. He's a huge. He's Mark. To put a point on this, not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. But Rick Wakeman cites him as an influence. Yeah. Okay. Which is, of, okay. Yes. That's who all is you need to unbelievable. Know. Right. Yeah. He's he's the shit. So this song, um, the what's your name? Who's your daddy? Part that everyone knows. <laughs> I usually try not to give any lyrics before we start with the lyrics, but you're gonna know this song. The beginning of it, just instantly recognizable it's it's i would describe this song as cool um you know just the sound of it <laughs> but You'd then you accurate. start you start hearing the lyrics and you're like oh this is like the dude who's seven years older than everyone at the party <laughs> who brought like a case of beer where no one else could legally buy beer and then you're like this this that. dude's just talking a lot about Talking a lot about free love, but what he's actually saying is, will someone please suck my dick tonight? So what you're saying, this is a fantastic, this is maybe the best analogy you've ever drawn on the show. Well, thank you. You're drawn in by the fact that this guy has some really awesome stuff with him, and he seems like a pretty cool dude, but really, what's underlying is horribly nefarious. You, yes. you, This song, and I, I, I have to say, you're taken over by how awesome it is in the music and the sound that I didn't pay attention to it for the 50 years almost that I've been listening to music. Mm. We're snake charmed. We've been hoodwinked, Mark. Yeah. By the music. Well, let's uh, let's get into the lyrics then. Yes, please. So we've got our little intro with a bass. Do, 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 do. Like I said, very cool sounding. It's the time of the season when the love runs high. In this time... Give it to me easy and let me try with pleasured hands. Okay, okay, okay. I might be nitpicking here a little bit, Mark. Okay. <laughs> I might be nitpicking, but it's you the time. You nitpick so early? I know, I know. 
It's it's very out of character. Uh, but of the season, is it one season that we're talking about here, Mark, or is it is it it's it's it or it's a season? I mean, he it could he apparently be there's a specific sliver of the season of a of a season. So maybe. You know, well, first, what do you think is the season? I, I, shit, I don't know. Maybe it's cold outside, and we need warm areas. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, we've got that George Carlin, uh, you know, uh, theory that oh, you live closer to the equator, you're wearing less clothes, so you're going to do more effing during that. To, you know, because you're wearing less clothes, less clothes, less clothes pool. Less cl- <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm not thinking that this is like Eskimo territory. This no. is England. It's probably summertime. This is the summer of love. Oh Seth. yeah, okay, there we go. We're talking about the summer of love. We're but talking Mark, about free love. This was written well before the summer of love. Well, it was it was the time that yes of the season. I'm thinking that it's maybe maybe it's the solstice. Maybe it's June twentieth. So the song was written in 1967, which is it was written in 67. Yes, so it was written oh. in the summer of love. It was I take written, that back. It was written around that time. I take that back. Um, so you know, as I mentioned before. There's definitely a hippie quality to this. Um, there's definitely a free love, um, you know, free love on the in the air. There's Vietnam. There's all of this, you know, a lot of drug taking happening, etc. Experimentation. Um, and you know, summer summer is known as being the time of love. It's it's is that cuffing season in summer or is that spring? No, that's that's definitely in fall. Oh, okay. yeah, it's definitely. Well, whatever. People fuck when it's hot, I guess. People start getting all <laughs> irascible. Right. Um, and, you know, in this time, he requests, uh, in this in this time of, of love running so high, mm. he wants you to, quote, give it to him easy, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. Um, I guess he just means just don't make me beg for it. This is an era where you have to be, you know, you can't just, you know, <laughs> we talked about two live crew for a minute before the shows, before we started recording and uh, two live crew on one of their records produced a song called uh, suck my dick, which I don't <laughs> think that you could have put on a record. You couldn't have been that blatant that, you know, that that out there, you couldn't have been hanging it out there like that in 1967. So you have to shroud uh, your 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 motivations and your meanings in uh, innuendo and suggestion, mm-hmm. and there and we're losing. We're in the process of losing that with this line mark. Well, and as a matter of fact, the genius annotation says it is absolutely astounding that there was not at least a partial ban of this song, as the lyrics are so explicit about a sexual act, especially for the Puritan radio of the 1960s. Absolutely. So uh, mm. you know he's uh, he's saying. Uh, I, I like how he says he wants to uh, try with pleasured hands, which for the woman does not um, does not sound like she may have a very good time. He's, I mean, he doesn't say I'm going to pleasure you. He's like, let me at least like give it a swing. Can I give this? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I yeah, can't go- play ball if I'm not on the field. Yeah. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Let me let me uh, I'm let me ready try. to play today. Yeah. yeah. And I love how that his hands are pleasured. I, I, it could be, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> Maybe that, got a hand it's that time of the season. It's warm outside uh, when love runs high. Hey, I'm thirsty. I got a thirst here and give it to me easy. Is he talking about a snow cone? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that we're, this is a grown man. At, at this point, oh, Rodney, I'm Argent, telling you, this is the 28 year old yeah, at a party ex- exactly. full of 
20 years. And he's a little older than I think than everyone else at this point. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, at the time. Well, that what was, was the age of consent in England in the 1960s? Oh, what was it, like 12? God, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, suspect age by any by any reckoning yeah, yeah. so um so the last line of that verse brings us into uh the chorus kind of in a clever way and let me try with pleasured hands to take, take you to in the sun, sun to well, let me do that again uh the last line of that first verse um brings us right into the chorus in kind of a clever way and let me try with pleasured hands to take you in the sun to promised lands to show you everyone it's the time of the season for loving so if we had questions about the first one um why is he involving everyone else is the real question when the chorus comes up you know, this, this is one of those times where having punctuation might help helps. Yeah, because the way I think it's supposed to be read is to show you everyone. Like, to, oh, like a comma. I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm trying to show I'm talking to her, but let me show all of you at this party mm-hmm. that it's the time of the season for loving. Okay. Um, still doesn't detract from the creepiness. No, still doesn't you know take away. Um, it's it's just not as it doesn't hit as crazy as the other ones, but it's still you know, um, promised lands. Yeah, I love the I love the the first all line the, here to take you in the sun to promised lands. All the I guess this is we're talking about outdoor sex. Me, I, I'm outdoor the, pleasure. Uh, all the metaphors that we've heard for China lately <laughs> have been, you know, a pleasured land last week. I'm gonna, because we recorded before, uh, it's not going to hit the same. You'll hear others in next week's episode um, of uh, uh, other um, analogies. Yeah, jungles, so to speak. You're going to hear. I guess they're and all. We're not, and we're not talking Guns and Roses jungles either. No, no, we're talking. You know, tangly in get caught up in it, get get stuck there, kind of. Like two dogs stuck together, kind of forest. Um, yeah, we're gonna. There's we've we've heard a lot of these analogies in in speaking of you know uh, equating uh, um, women's vaginas to some sort of land area temperate zone. I don't know, um, and it's kind of I'm I'm kind of well, getting weirded out by it, Mark. I don't think that the promised lands. I I, I think I, I you know I think that when he say what he's saying here is because he says. To take you in the sun to promised lands, I think he's saying that he's going to help her achieve orgasm. Oh yeah, that that's a little clear. But yeah. we've also gotten some weird. Yeah, no, sayings. I think you're right. Also, in the same song we'll be doing next week um, for orgasms, just loads of Lots strange, of <laughs> all sorts. Of, <laughs> and I'm Seth punches his fucking fucking losing it over here. <laughs> so if the, uh, I mean, so you know, so far. We've, you know, we've heard uh, innocent enough, I guess, kind of. Not really. This guy <laughs> who is just like, yo, look, everything's chill. It's the summer of love. What say you and I get together and fuck in the sun? Pleasured hands. And pl- and some pleasured hands. Not very in- innocent, Mark. But, you know, I mean. It's just when we run into verse two. The, the ver- second verse is where we really run into a problem. Okay. What's your name? Who's your daddy? He rich? Is he rich like me? Has he taken any time 
to show to show you what you need to live. Tell it to me slowly. Tell you what I really want to know. It's the time of the season for loving. I hear you do the last lines on choruses in other episodes, and I hear you be, it's like this this weird chord, not often on key, let's face it, mm-hmm. and it's just so funny, it makes me laugh when I listen Not back. listening to these songs when we do this, by the way, every once in a while I'll listen to a song to get like the, the cadence right, If it's a, especially if it's a song that I'm not as, you know, knowing about. Familiar with. Yes, familiar with is a good way to put it. Um but we'll see how my uh, loving matches up here. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. I mean, uh, now, <sighs> I mean, yes. Come on here. Come, come on, Mark. I What's even your put name? down my phone. Who's your daddy? Uh, it, 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 this is when I was bringing up the Mongo Jerry vibes. You know, is your daddy home? You know, is your, if your daddy's rich. You know, uh, if your daddy's poor, don't bring up daddies. (laughs) Can we just have a no daddy? Yes, it's it's good. It's a kid's song, especially saying the word daddy. Um, You know, more so even like Mongo Jerry, the comparison to daddy is really where the real problem pops up, Mark. And is he rich like me? You know, is. The genius annotation for Is He Rich Ugh. Like Me says this line does not exactly fit the mood of free spirit and open sexual error of the rest of the songs. Yeah. Um, it definitely... Um, it it definitely... The, 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 the free spirit... This is where it comes out that the guy at the party didn't come here for the same reason everyone else to is To be here. cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what I was talking about with the guy with the beard who only like one person knows uh, who kind of like heard about a party where maybe people would know about his past gross transgressions and he could prey on some young trim. As yeah. He put it. Um, I think I saw that guy at the 10 minute oil change, changing my dad's oil. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what you get because Art. what's your name. So now we know this guy doesn't know whoever it is he's talking to. And then he has the gall. It's the next question. Who is your daddy? Yeah. And is he rich? Is he rich like me? So, you know, we've kind of gone from zero to 100 here real fast. And it gets worse, Mark. And it does get worse. It gets a lot worse. Because has he taken any time to show you what you need to live? As if you're... And, and let just to clear it up, to need to live. We all know that he's been... This is all sexual innuendo. And why in the hell would your dad do that? That's what's really fucking creepy about this. Your dad is not, especially in the 1960s, you're, 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 not, you're probably, not, unless your dad was Frank Zappa, you're not having that talk with him. I would love to get a woman's perspective on this, but I just try to imagine myself, Mark Davis, being the human being that I am, being at a party and someone comes up and goes, hey, man, what's your name? Mark? Who's your daddy? <laughs> uh excuse me i'll be over here in the next time zone uh scott horton why (laughs) uh is he rich like me uh no i i don't know how rich you are but probably not has he taken any time to show you what you need to live get out what kind of fucking question get out that you're not welcome (laughs) at this party anymore (laughs) leave 
immediately. Yeah. Uh, very, very weird, very predatory. Lo- it's just an intense guy. Mark, our, our factors just ratcheted up in the last two months, man. <laughs> yeah. Just totally. God, it's just. Uh. Yeah. Um, this line, I guess it should be mentioned. Um, is a little bit of a uh, call to summertime by George Gershwin, which has the uh-huh. line, your daddy's rich and your mama's good looking. I don't know why they have to make it a musical allusion to summertime. You've heard summertime. Yes. It's it's a beautiful song and completely innocent. Yes. You know, it's it's nice, whereas this guy has to come along and a la Jamie Presley says on Saturday Night Live, has to throw a bucket of creep juice on top of these beautiful, <laughs> innocent, wonderful lyrics and, and ruin it. And Mark, it, it, the chorus does not, even though it's still the chorus musically, lyrically it doesn't repeat the pattern, and it, and it continues. Yeah. It, it continues on with this scary scene that we've drawn. Now, I will mention that the genius annotation for the line, what's your name, is kind of interesting. It says, some stipulate that even though the song was written in the height of the sexual revolution, it is a warning of the fallout of too much freedom and the inevitable hurt that some will incur due to this freedom. And it gives a link to a deeper discussion that can be found regarding the song. So I guess the question now is, is this song an, a free love, anti-free love song? Or is this song... Uh, <laughs> Seth is shaking I, I'm shaking head. my head no. Yeah. It, this is a free love song. This is an attempt at a free love song. And it, and and it ends up being coming very gross. And it, yeah, and it, it's it's uh, it reveals a lot about Rodney. I mean, as much as this is the worst. No, let's just say if 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 none of this is gross enough, this whole fucking party conversation where someone saddles up beside you while you're at a bar or you're at your friend's house or whatever they did in the 1960s, and a guy asks these questions, then he says. Tell it to me slowly. You can almost hear bre- heavy breathing behind. <sighs> yeah. It's like, you know, do, wh- whisper it in my ear. You know, it's almost, it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's, it's. And, and the tell you what afterwards. So it's tell me to tell, tell it to me slowly. Tell you what? Like you don't even remember the questions. <laughs> Maybe that you just fucking blacked out. He <laughs> just kind of you know sort of call and response where you're lost compartmentalized all that and put it in the place where you know you got punched by two kids in middle school you just blocked it out so you wouldn't have to go to therapy when you grew up (laughs) i'm hovering above this yeah outside of myself and then i really (laughs) want to know i really want to know about your daddy and tell me about your daddy slowly oh please tell me about daddy it's the time of the season for loving. Mm. Then we've got this awesome fucking organ solo. It's Mark. Almost enough to make you forget how greedy it's the, the It's the snake charmer of songs. It is. It really is. Because yeah. that, that, as soon as this, every time when you never got tired of this damn organ solo, mm-hmm. the way it comes in is so that staccato jump in is strange, yeah. but then it just smooths itself out, and it and it and and the transitions are beautiful. And it takes you to, from a verse to a chorus. Um, and then next thing you know, you got the bum, bum. Mm. The drums again, All over again. The breathing. You got the, oh the yeah, heavy, you got the. Got, got, mark that, that heavy breathing's taking on a whole new tone now. Now that we know, now that I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, mm. 
just by the time you forgot about all the creepiness. Second verse, same as the same as well, third verse, same as the second. Did you forget how scary I was? What's your name? Who's your daddy? He rich. Is he rich like me? Has he taken any time <laughs> to show to show you what you need to live? Tell it to me slowly. Tell you what? I really want to know. It's the time of the season for loving. I love how Rodney Argent, the enemy of all prepositions. Just That's... get rid of, is he? No. He, he rich? Yeah. I, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like how, do we, how do we squeeze this in here? He rich. He rich? He rich? He rich? Ugh. Is he rich like me? This song, by the way, the last song written for Odyssey and Oracle. Was it? And as a matter of fact, um, uh, the main singer, Colin, couldn't hit the high note in, I think, the cor- somewhere in the chorus. It kind of shows and, in um, the recording. Rod, or Rod Argent ended up singing it, I believe. Um, you know, well, there do was- you hear that little crackle in the loving? There's like a little... Their voice jumps a little bit, I think. You know, it's it's not like a, a, a smooth transition in that final note when they finally hit the ing at the end. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely some parts where it's uh, a little But a it, little it still sounds cool as shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, you know, I, I will say I deeply question the decision. If you're going to repeat one of these choruses, they decided to yeah. go with the what's your name, who's your daddy <laughs> line again, which... You know, maybe do the other one. Yeah. Um, or you could have like complete written written something completely different, like you know, oh, your trip to the police station now, or you know, yeah. Uh, I will say uh, the full chorus, what is considered the chorus, because I would say I would argue that the tell it to me slowly, tell me why, or tell you what I really want to know is a pre-chorus. The chorus is kind of just the line. Yeah, it's the time it's of the, the time of the season for loving. Yes. Which takes up eight seconds of the song. The other one of the biggest sections of the song is his organ solo. His organ solo goes on for about a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a big organ outro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the song is only like three minutes, two, two minutes plus, three minutes long. So it's a well, they sure of, do pack a lot of creepy in that little in those two choruses. They and two do. Verses, man. They do. And, yeah. and a lot of uh, I'm, I might catch a lot of hell for this, but a lot of good creepy. It's very, very weird. Um, but God, this song is fucking good. It is. It really God, is. God, this song was good. Uh, and, and they did so much more that's good. I mean, venture to say, man, I, you know, I really, as much as I like this song, this will be our year is a fucking great song. I love that song. Man. This is, is a song I would not stop listening to. Yeah. For years and years afterwards, I'm going to want to hear this. And are th- I got a question. Am I correct in saying in seeing that I've seen them still on tour? Are they still touring? Is Rod Argent still going out and making money? I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised because I know that happens a lot. Like Vanilla Fudge, yeah, still goes out. It's on a different tour. iteration, obviously. No, I don't think Carmine Apice's still doing the, you know, playing drums with him. Yeah, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, so this song was written basically the day it was recorded or close to. Okay. Um, there is a uh, an interview that they had uh, talking about them writing it and recording it. 
This is from uh, Song Facts. The recording of this song brought a minor spat uh, between keyboardist Rod Argent, who wrote the song, and the vocalist Colin Blundstone. The argument was over the phrase, when love runs high, Blundstone struggled with a high note at the end of the line and snapped at Argent. If you're so good, you come in and sing it. Argent admitted in Mojo Magazine February 2008, it was written really quickly and we didn't rehearse it an awful lot. I was trying to change the phrasing. Um, it was written in the morning before we went into the studio in the afternoon. So they wrote the song in a couple of hours. Stuff like that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of, I mean, just, yeah. I'm, have you ever heard the story about um, um, the Rolling Stones were recording and the Beatles really didn't know them? John and Paul came by um, the studio and heard them recording. And this was when this was like aftermath or pre aftermath era Rolling Stones where they just walked in and they were hearing them recording and they were like, Oh, you guys are doing like us and working on original material. And they recognized that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we're trying to figure something out. And John and Paul look at each other and say, give us five minutes, walk into a back ro- room and write. I want to be your man. Huh? Like in five minutes. And then Jesus. come back out, and they're like, here's what we've got. They give us the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones turn it into a hit. That's insane. And then they record it later. And, I mean, it's just stuff like that happens. You know, it's just it's very common, especially when you're dealing with the caliber of human being that writes, the, especially at that time, man. I mean, still, it's, it's amazing how talent and creativity and, and creation works, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild. And putting yourself around other people. Um, will bring out different things in you. Mm. Uh, I've definitely had that happen with me, like yeah. realizing what my strengths and weaknesses are. I've despite. been fortunate enough to be around, play music with some extraordinarily talented songwriters, I think, in my opinion. Uh, Rod and I had quite a heated discussion, he being in the control room and me singing the song, and we were just doing it through my headphones because it had only just been written. I was struggling with the melody. It makes me laugh because at the same time, I'm singing It's the Time of the Season for Loving, and we're really going at one another. Um, <laughs> yeah, this Lottery. song, uh, <sighs> it's time to talk about the creep factor, I suppose. All right. But it is a it is a good one. Um, I'll go first because I know that you often go first. <laughs> um, it may surprise you. Yeah. God, I can't get the daddy line out of my head, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I just knew more. I wish I had more certainty. As to what the fuck was going on in their head. Um, because I, I, I'm i just telling you, the feeling I get is... I kind of feel like the one genius annotation is correct. Where it's almost like <clears throat> free love, the idea, the concept of free love... Needs to come with a warning label. That when... When you have feelings like free love, that's fine between consenting free lovers. Yeah. But dudes sniff that out. Um, And I'm not saying anything to any female listeners that they don't fucking know about. That when you are blue, when you are sad, when you are drunk, when you are whatever, there is some guy within a 20 foot radius 
who is sniffing you like a shark with blood in the water and is going to use that to their advantage. And the first verse sounds like it could be any kind of guy, but maybe one of the other free love guys. The second verse is definitely the sniffer. (laughs) He's definitely (laughs) the guy who's like, oh, you're into that free love shit. Oh, say word. Uh, Well, listen, how about giving me give me some of that free love? Uh, And it makes me feel very gross. Um, I uh, I'm going to give this a seven point nine. That's fair. That's about that. You've pretty much kind of not to draw too much from old episodes, but we did every breath you take. We do tonight's the night are like the benchmarks for the super high ones. Mm. But those are, you know, they're extensive. Yeah. You go through multiple. Um, you Some go monsters through, you're talking about. Yeah. There. You go through multiple choruses. I mean, verses of what's happening. Chorusai. And chor- <laughs> multiple chorusai. <laughs> you get you get multiple examples of what the hell's going wrong and why you know uh, why and you get lots of flags they're all over the place and this one has flags but they're packed into it seems like just that one verse and chorus together Mm -hmm. Uh, like you said first verse it could be interpreted innocently enough i don't think so after you know the whole thing um especially when we go into it having already known what we know but um it's it just it it ratchets it we're packing a lot of creep into one verse and a chorus oh yeah and uh, and for that reason, it's not going to go up to the other two. But you're right. I, I I'm going to match you. I'm going to match you exactly seven. No, I'll I'll do it one more. Eight point zero. Eight point zero. Right on the nose. Yeah, it's you're it's dead on. Great now, song. Now but... it sucks. It sucks because this song. <laughs> I didn't know about it for thirty five yeah. years, forty years almost. <laughs> the how awesome this song is about how goddamn creepy it is With until pleasured hands. <laughs> All right. Uh. Well. That does it for uh, the zombies time of the season. Let's hope we don't have to do another zombie song. Cause, yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, even looking around at some of the other songs they did, I was like, eh, I wonder what's going on. Not like that. this. No, no, not like prob- this. probably not. I mean, no, we can say that, but we don't know. Next up, our uh, our episode with Tim and Joey, uh, which was so much fun to do. Um, Joey with just her, her brain is filled with wonderful thoughts and giving her a platform to to uh, to sing those on high. The castle itself, when we recorded this episode, was like being in a bag of Jiffy Pop popcorn on the stove. Yes. It just blew up in here. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, uh, we will be talking about the Sophie B. Hawkins hit song, <laughs> Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. And it's fun. It is fun, it is and so it's, fun. it's enlightening. Holy shit. Um, because I never knew about this song, what I ended up finding out. Um, so we'll have Joey and I Tim either. Uh, both on that episode. Seth, anything you want to say before we wrap up here? Everyone's going to... Now, I said this at the end of the last episode, not knowing what we're doing. Everybody's going to listen to this, or this is going to come out, the people that do listen, and thank you. Uh, right after our big show at Nice Guys on the 12th and 13th of May, the reunion shows, if you came out, thank you so much. If you didn't, I'm sorry that you could not be there because I'm without... This is pretty much... Uh, almost goes without saying. We ha- I'm sure we had a lot of fun. Um Thanks for everyone that does listen. If you could do us a favor and you found anything that you want to talk about on this episode, please go on the Facebook, the Instagram, or the Discord set up by the wonderful Lee Brettscheider from 
from uh, the No No podcast, No Nonsense Trivia podcast. Pay attention to the lyrics. Tell a friend. Have them tell another couple of friends, Mark. Seth, thank you, as always, a joy. Thank you, listeners. Please, as Seth always mentions and I always mention, tell two friends, especially if they live in Denmark. Maybe get us into the double digits. <laughs> we appreciate you, and we will be back uh, next Monday with Sophie B. Hawkins's Damn I Wish Is Your Lover on next week's Lyrics to Go. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>